It's time for the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Let's mix it up with a breakdown of some local, regional, and national sports with Nick Verzellini and Colin McLaughlin. Good afternoon on this Tuesday, December 19th. Nick Verzellini, Colin McLaughlin, happy to have you with us here on the Sports Mix. A lot to get into today. We got high school boys basketball action. I don't believe any girls games going on today. Um, but we do have boys basketball and three games, some interesting matchups with some regional teams. So definitely looking forward to that tonight on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. You can tune in to West Virginia High School boys basketball as well. We'll have Hedgesville versus St. James. Eagles 3-1, and one, St. James 2-7. and seven. We'll talk a little bit about that game here coming up on the show. As well as Shepard. The men's team, unfortunately, falling in overtime. Another tough loss for Shepard men in PSAC play. But the women continue to play well as they went on a buzzer beater. Some tough news for WVU basketball and just what's been an up-and-down season in terms of just news Where's off the, the up court. Part? It just continues to get down, but like they had the up last week. They had the up last week with the, the good news, and now That's, they have just more yeah, fair point, fair point. bad news. So it just feels like anytime they get momentum, it just goes right back down. Monday Night Football last night and bowl game action, Marshall in action tonight. The only bowl game. It's a 9 p.m. kickoff, so a lot to get into. Colin, how's it going, man? It's going all right. Uh, looking forward to everything that you just listed off talking about on our show today. Our show brought to you by, as well, Brown Funeral Home and Cremation, Robert Fields and Sons, family-owned, full-service funeral home, proudly serving the area since 1880. No show tomorrow. We're having our Christmas party lunch, um, so no show tomorrow. Um, you know, just, just the office is heading out for lunch. So, um, yeah. That's, yeah. We were just told today. So. Yeah. We were just told today. So, um, yeah. So we won't have a show tomorrow, but it's kind of good. Cause Wednesday it's kind of the middle of the week. So not a whole lot that we're missing. We'll miss some recapping, but we'll talk on Thursday about some of those games probably. And, uh, yeah, get ready for the weekend. And of course, next week we're out due to christmas but right wanted to make sure people knew that so um all right let's hop into it colin we got a good game here tonight i think yes st james two and seven right but you know they're they're a team that plays a lot of tough competition they're a private school they can recruit so it looks like they have some pretty good athletes based on what their coach was telling you with his roster so I think they'll give Hedgesville a good challenge tonight. I'm looking forward to a good competitive game, um, even with the record being the way it is for St. James. I think it's it's kind of similar to that idea team, you know, a, a private school um, from around the region that, depending on the year, can, can give Hedgesville, I think, a good game tonight. So I'm looking forward to it. They've already played nine games, so that helps as well. They're They're probably well-conditioned, you would think. Hedgesville has had, you know, some some good games, but not a whole lot of challenges. The one loss was their one real challenge, it seems like, in idea, unless I'm misremembering something. So I feel like... No, you're not. Um, you know, this game tonight um, should be a close game, should give them a good competitive game. And I think, again, this is kind of how Coach Church likes to build his schedule. Some games where you feel like they they should probably win, but also it's it's tough to build a schedule around here. Not I was going to talk about that here in a little bit. 
as we'll have a second game already between Musselman and Toronto. But um, I think for Hedgesville, I'm looking forward to seeing them again, see what progress they've made. We saw them in those first two games. I think we saw a lot of good things. Uh, I thought Xavier Kirk played really well for them. He seems to bring a lot of intensity on both ends. I thought Pitsnagels showed some great potential as a big man that can stretch the floor for them, and he obviously gives them size. And uh, Tay Wilmer, you know, being the veteran on that team. But what are we seeing from these other guys? Because I think we kind of knew that those would be their three top guys, mm-hmm. even with the lack of experience for Pitsnagel at the varsity level. We knew what kind of athlete Kirk was on the football field. We knew he committed a lot to basketball. So we had high expectations for him. But what are those other guys going to do? And I think that's going to be the key for them tonight against St. James, who seems to have some depth. And uh, moving forward, if they're going to be successful in EPAC play, I think it's going to come down to the deepest team in this conference. Whoever that ends up being, I think, emerges. And Hedgesville could be that team. They played a lot of guys in that first game. Didn't play as many in the second game that we saw them. So how they get into that rotation, who steps up for them. Those will all be important things, I think, tonight for the Eagles to get a win. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how they uh, match up. Again, as you said, St. James 2-7, and seven, but, you know, they play a tough schedule. They are a 1-0 and in their conference, private school that can recruit. So you'll see guys from around the region, uh, mostly from that Maryland area, a few from Charlestown, but a good bit as well from overseas i see a player from brazil singapore and uh multiple players from china so it'll be a lot of fun getting to watch hedgesville go up against a school that you look at their record alone you might not think that uh they're any good but it's definitely going to be a very entertaining game tonight i feel like they got a lot of size on their team as well trevor owens six foot seven from Boonesboro. He's a guy that is, I believe, committed uh, to Maryland for lacrosse, it looks like, according to their coach. So he holds some FCS football offers as well, but looks like he's uh, playing lacrosse. Yeah. Wow. That's impressive. I I don't know. I feel like most lacrosse players are not 6'7". I mean, not too many people are 6'7", but... I feel like lacrosse is usually like a, a smaller guy sport, but he must be very athletic. Obviously, at six foot seven, you know, you talk about the the uh, football abilities. So, looking forward to seeing what he can do. And I think again, this is a different kind of team. This will be a good matchup, I think, for the Eagles. I'm looking forward to the game. Again, records can be deceiving, especially in high school basketball. Especially when you're looking at private schools. Sometimes they have great records, but they don't play anybody. Sometimes their records aren't as good, but they play really tough schedules. I think St. James probably falls into that category this year. They'll be a pretty solid team at the very least. May even be a great team tonight. So uh, I think this is a good challenge for Hedgesville. I'm excited for it. Again, that is a 7.30 kick or tip-off and 7 p.m. pregame show. Musselman Trando round two. This was a sloppy game in the first time around. 43-32. We had it on TV 10. We don't have it tonight. It's at Trando. Um, since then, Trando's gone four and three. Musselman's three and one. They've battled some teams in the EPAC. Um, I'm looking forward to this one. I think to see the Musselman Griff, because they've been playing pretty good. Right. They've they've seemed to have picked up some offense now. Uh seems like they've figured some things out. Can they get another win against the Strando team? You would expect it, right, based on that first game. But 
that was just kind of a weird game. Never really got into a flow on it, flow in it on either side. And I feel like Mossman's found some things out. Wollston had a big game the other night against Park South. Can that continue? Uh, we know what Mahood can do. And I would think Mossman's going to win again. I think they're the better team, but Trando's solid. They're going to give them a, a pretty solid matchup. And I, I think um, that should be a good game tonight again for the Appleman in non-conference but it's another one of these things about kind of tough area to schedule in like for football there's not a whole lot of schools in terms of that would give you a ton of great competition but Sharando is one of those ones from the Winchester area that you can take on in the state of Virginia it's um you know it's a good matchup for them so I think close game tonight between Musselman and Sharando could go either way I'm gonna favor the Appleman though because I like the trajectory that they're on over the last few games yeah, I, I do too. I mean, even though, as you said, very sloppy offensive game the first time they met at the start of the year, I still really liked on the defensive side of things what I saw from Musselman in that game. And it seems like the offense has improved. The defense is still doing what it has done from the beginning of the year. So looking forward to hearing about how this one plays out tonight. Uh, Wollston again against Drew Tyson, guy six foot four, two 210 pounds. So when they were going at it in the post that first game that we had it was a lot of fun to watch expect that to be a lot of fun as well tonight yeah i think um again you know shrando's given some good matchups to some good teams so i think they'll challenge Mossman at the very least may even knock them off i wouldn't be surprised jefferson hitting the james wood looks like you know again based off the record maybe the cougars can go in get a win over james wood four no jefferson three and six james wood again it's a team from the area uh, that the Cougars should get a good matchup out of, you know, and, and Jefferson's been playing good basketball. We haven't had a chance to see them yet, um, but we know what they have in, in terms of their talent with the guys they have coming back and Jamari Jenkins. You know, we've talked about it enough, it seems like. Um, yeah, and this is a, a talented team, and they've had some good good wins early in the season, so – this would be another solid win against a James Wood program that's usually pretty decent at the very least. Yeah, I'm looking at uh, last year's score, it looks like, or actually two years ago, my apologies, a 21-point win for Jefferson against James Wood. So we know the talent that Jefferson still has going into this year. I expect them to get the win. Um, James Wood, 3-6. and six three-game losing streak right now against Millbrook, Clark County, and a uh, bad loss to Sharando. So, yeah, I was looking at seeing him play too. Washington as well. Washington got the win earlier this year by 10 against them. So, expect Jefferson to take care of business today. Yeah, I mean, just to, like, kind of get an idea for these these programs that we're seeing around here, um, and particularly, like a, like, a team like Sharando, like, They've played some common opponents that we've seen from other EPAC schools. They beat or they lost to Idea 52-48. They beat Broadfording 72-27. So, you know, they're a very solid opponent, but then they kind of blew out James Wood. So I think Jefferson probably wins that one big, um, at least based on what I'm kind of seeing based off the opponents and kind of the strength of schedule so far. But, um, you know, we'll see. Um, but I think the Cougars definitely have a talented team, should be in good position to get another win here tonight and continue their undefeated season. I'm really like, I'm, I'm just ready for EPAC play at this point. Same. So, you know, these teams that we know 
we'll have so many more answers about the teams and how they're going to play. And I think we're going to get a lot of great games every single night. So that's the non-conference slate here tonight. On the other side of this break, we'll talk Shepard men's and women's basketball. The women win on a buzzer beater, but the men fall in overtime as well as some unfortunate news for the West Virginia Mountaineers. This segment brought to you by Parsons Ford of Martinsburg at 1400 Shepherdstown Road and online at ParsonsFord.com. They became number one by making you number one first, Parsons. Now, back to the sports mix on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740, and TV 10. We're back on the sports mix. Nick Verzellini, Colin McLaughlin here on the show. Colin, big news out of WVU. We're starting with the Mountaineers. Jesse Edwards goes down with a wrist injury. He's going to miss the next four weeks. This is tough for a team that had some positive news last week with the um, the, the NCAA court case ruling in WVU's favor, allowing Raekwon Battle and um, – Farrakhan to be activated and then you know this news here today obviously they lose you know on Saturday which you know that stunk UMass but I feel like again it was a team that was going to have to grow together with this new group but then to have this news with Edwards who's your best player in some ways maybe not your best player but a guy that does a lot he has been out of the ones that have been playing yeah, I mean, a guy that can get you double-doubles, true post presence, and now you lose that. It's going to be tough for WVU to answer because they finally at least had their whole team together, and then they lose Edwards, who's such a big part of that team. I don't know how things are going to go for, forward for the Mountaineers, especially with the fact that they already are struggling. They're trying to gel together. Somebody's going to have to now probably you know, learn a new role uh, to fill Edwards's spot. So I just don't see this really working out for them, unfortunately. And it's, yeah, it's tough. It's, it's a tough season. It's been really a tough transition with the coaching change. And then, of course, with the injury and now and the suspension and all this other stuff. And you finally felt like things were coming together. And then you lose Edwards, who's, again, arguably been their best player. Yeah, you had that restraining order that allowed guys to come back you were looking at the game that's taking place tomorrow hoping that Raekwon Battle uh, was no longer feeling under the weather to be full strength see this team have everybody that you wanted it to out on the floor and now it comes out that Jesse Edwards unfortunately had a fractured right wrist and will be out for at least four weeks and yeah i mean he's your big man down low your center six foot 11 that averages almost 15 points a game almost nine rebounds a game too so it hurts a lot for this team who again just seems like this year continuously is being kicked when it's down over and over and over and there's no stop to it so hopefully i guess in a month's time we see him back on the floor with the rest of the crew, which would then mean that the injunction by the uh, court stays in and 
the NCAA can't do what it wants to do, and that is hurt these athletes that just want a chance to play basketball at WVU and anywhere else that they chose to transfer to around the United States. Yeah, I just feel like in a month it may be too late. Too late. I mean, I'll have to take a look. I wanted to pull up the schedule real quick because this could be good timing for this because it is the Christmas holiday time. And usually I feel like there's not a ton of basketball being played at the college level during the Christmas holiday break. So WVU over the next four weeks, they do have games this week. So they have, they have some stuff coming up here. Um, of course, tomorrow against Radford. I feel like they can win that one without Edwards. Toledo's usually tough. Toledo will be a good one for you. I, f- I feel like you could lose that game. Toledo's usually solid. It's 50-50. That's on Saturday. Then they don't play again until next Saturday against Ohio State. That's probably a loss without Edwards. Might have been a loss anyway, but... then Okay, yeah, then they... Yeah, I so mean, the stretch if, isn't that. We they had, have a little bit yeah, of a stretch. Four but. weeks, I'd say what? Roughly a month? Yeah. And even though it went earlier this week, I'll kind of span from tomorrow's game, December 20th to January 20th. That's eight games right. out of 21 left in the season is what I was counting up when you were talking there. So hopefully he's either back January 17th at number seven, Oklahoma, or Saturday, January 20th, when they host number two, Kansas. That's kind of the best time to get them back. Right. As of right now, that's you know, your toughest stretch. But <laughs> Yeah, that's the toughest. It, it's never really an easy stretch for this team. No, and, and we've talked about that before. Like They have a pretty tough non-conference. Even the smaller schools they're taking on, like a Toledo, are decent mid-majors. And then you're in the Big 12, which added more teams. And this year still has Texas and Oklahoma. Mm -hmm. So it just doesn't look good for the Mountaineers. And what had a potential to be a decent season, when Huggins was still the coach, they had even more guys that were on board for this team. And it looked like it was going to be a great season. I just don't see it happening for WVU. And and that's you know a tough change to have. Yeah, I mean, you've played 10 games so far. You're 4-6. and six. Edwards has been the leading scorer in half of those, along with Szynski. And in, I believe, more than half, he's been the leading rebounder. So him and Szynski have yeah. been those guys. Yes, you have battle back now, potentially. You have Kirk Kreisa back, who was your leading scorer in the loss against UMass as well with Slazinski at 20 points each. But you need that big man down low. You need a guy that can get the rebounds. And now you're going to be missing that, it seems like. Yeah, especially once you get into Big 12 play because these other teams, they're going to have that size, that athleticism that's going to be tough, not only on the offensive end, what Edwards gives you, and the rebounding stuff, but, I mean, just being – and that rim protector. So not having that's going to be huge. But And the uh, way the Big 12 plays out, you only play some teams once instead of having it be in home and home. So in that span that he could potentially be out is when you get your chance at number three, Houston. The one chance against Texas out of the two. Your only chance against Oklahoma, who's number seven in the country right now. And your only chance against number two, Kansas. Yeah. 
So, not fun. I mean, Edwards is also averaging 1.7 blocks per game. So, again, yeah. he does it on both ends of the floor pretty effectively. But it's just been yeah, it's just been one of those years, unfortunately, for the Mountaineers. But, hey, maybe they can build towards something in the future. I mean, you're kind of heading into a year that you knew would be tough with the Huggins situation being what it is probably going to a new coach next year so it's kind of a transitional year anyway but it's just unfortunate because you did see this team you know coming together maybe possibly and maybe they still will I mean we'll see how they respond from this but it doesn't look great no it does not moving forward Shepard they just continue to lose close games on the men's side and it's disappointing but let's start positive. We've been negative this whole segment with sad news about Edwards. I want to be positive, Colin. So you want to go negative, positive, negative is what you're saying. Sure. You don't want to end on a positive note. You want to make a positive, <laughs> negative sandwich. Yeah. Okay. Or a negative, positive sandwich? Well, I, I think know. because... It's a sandwich either way. This is what I and think. And it's lunchtime. Let me talk. <laughs> this is what I think about this situation, Colin. We typically give more time to the men's team. And they because don't deserve we it. begin with them. But the women's team won. So let's spend more time on the women's team because they were winners. Yeah. And they have the same amount of wins now. Yeah, they do. And they're playing a lot better. They won on a buzzer beater mm-hmm. from uh, Warner. And you saw a change in this team when we first saw them in person. Because honestly, I was like, oh, man, I don't know. Like, this is going to be another... Really tough season for Shepard. And it still may, you know, with the final record, not look that great. But then I saw the team, and I was like, you know what? They play pretty hard. They look like a basketball team compared to last year. There's some potential. Yes, they have some clear things that are holding them back from probably beating some of the top teams in the conference. And they're still a ways away. They don't have a ton of size at the guard position. They don't really have a ton of true post players. They lack some depth. But they play hard. And and they find a way. And again, Slippy Rock's not a great team. You know, this isn't the signature win that you're looking for. But this team challenged Cal, who's a top 10 team in the country right now. They continue to get better. And they're winning games against teams that are toward the bottom. And my goal, what did I say at the beginning of the year? Ten wins? I think. I don't know. That's possible. Maybe. Maybe. I mean, it, it's going to be tough. you're already at three. But you're already at three. You're three and five, and you've shown a ton of growth. And I said after the Cal game that there's no reason why this team can't compete with every team they play from here forward because this is one of the best teams. It's been the best team in this conference the last two years. So. And you could have beat them. Yeah, they should have Probably. Probably. But they didn't. They weren't ready for that moment yet. But we'll see where they go moving forward. I think Coach Kaufman's doing a good job starting to bring that success back to Shepard. Again, this isn't going to be an amazing turnaround season where they no. you know, go from last in the conference to first. But can they get to 10, 12 wins? Maybe. Maybe. I think you continue to be optimistic about where the program goes from here. And next season maybe is when we start to see them with the winning record. Yeah, and it, I mean, you understood that it was a winnable game against a winless Slippery Rock team. Right. You're happy that you got the win. It was at the buzzer. Otherwise, it would have went into overtime. You never know how that could have played out. But, hey, Warner 
got a beautiful floater up right at the final seconds it went in and you won now you go get ready for edinburgh here in 27 minutes now on the road can you you know keep that good mojo going though after a buzzer beater hopefully and we'll see where things go from here i'm definitely happy that as you said there's clear signs of improvement but at the same time you can clearly tell that there's going to still be growing pains this year bowman finished with 14 points in the game werner finished with 12 you had kara minor with nine uh grant with eight as well so i mean those are two freshmen leading the way exactly true freshmen too so the recruiting looks pretty good honestly considering like how many people would want to go to a school that won one game last year not that many you would think but it seems like coach coffin's been able to get some really solid talented players that are coming in and showing a ton of potential for the future one or very solid guard i think bowman's solid in the post so there's some real good bright spots and again this was a slippery rock team that struggled but wins a win and you know last year they weren't getting these kind of games these games were maybe 10 point games that they would have lost Mm -hmm. but this year they're winning even if it's at the buzzer so congrats to the shepherd women hopefully they can continue their success at least be competitive moving forward with edinburgh today and, and we'll see how things go and it's a change it seemed like too of something that we hadn't typically seen from this team because in the games that we got to see even last year when it was these close ones that just fell apart it typically fell apart in that fourth quarter yeah from this team they were competitive three quarters just couldn't get anything going third quarters where things got shaky they got outscored 18 to 9 they had to come back in that fourth quarter to get that buzzer beater outscoring slippery rock 16 to 11 you don't see that from this team usually yeah you didn't so see it last year could there be that change hopefully i think there's we'll been see more today been some growth and again it's so early in the year we'll see where they go but one thing that's kind of stayed the same is the shepherd men yes it just seems like this team will be in every game but for whatever reason they either don't finish the game well they don't complete the comeback and they lose a close one. This one they lost in overtime yesterday. And the the weird thing was is they didn't turn the ball over. They just couldn't make a shot. They only had seven turnovers. That's a great game. You should win. If you only turn the ball over seven times, the other team turns it over 13 times. I mean, I know basketball, it's, it's not exactly the same as like football and some, some other sports, but turnovers are still a huge part and that means that you're getting more shots up because you're not turning it over and you know they just didn't shoot the ball well at all and philip jordan did not have a great game Uh, they need him to be they need jordan and mclean corley to bring it every night those guys have the talent to do it but for whatever reason they're not always on their a game And, and i mean i'm not expecting them to go for 25 every game but you need them to at least be scoring at a high rate, if, especially if they're taking you know as many shots as I think Jordan shot eleven shots last night and was one for eleven. You know, so you need you need him to be consistent from the floor, and I mean they have the talent again to compete with most teams, 
but they haven't had the talent or haven't had the ability, maybe it's not a talent thing, to get over the hump in these close games. And, look, they lost Hewley. I mean, that's a big loss. Like, maybe if you have him in these games, but you knew from the beginning of the season you weren't playing with him. He tore his ACL in the offseason. So you had time to adjust to play without him. It's tough, but you had to do it. You had to do it with the roster that you have in front of you. And they just haven't really figured out that post-presence guy, and they haven't really figured out a way to, again, still win these close games. And it's frustrating because you see the potential this team has and the fact that they had so much coming back. You felt like maybe they could take the next step in the PSAC East, and they're continuing to lose games. And again, Slippy Rock is not bad. Like Their record doesn't look great, but they've been very competitive. They kind of seemed like they were ready for a win, but so did Shepard. And Shepard goes on the road and loses in overtime and, and just comes up short in another game. And it, it it wouldn't be so frustrating if it wasn't something we talked about every single game it felt like last year. And we talked about it early in the season this year. Yeah, That's why it's frustrating. Not only that, it's just frustrating that they lack the scoring, like you said, and it comes in a chance in these close games in the stretch is where they get cold. I'm looking here at the play-by-play just to break it down because going into overtime, it was 50-50. to So I wanted to see maybe looking at the play-by-play where things really kind of fell apart for Shepard because that's typically, unfortunately, what happens late into the game. You are up by 5, 44-39. Around what part of the second half with a game that at the end of regulation was 50-50 to would you think how much time was left at forty four thirty nine? Three minutes at the most. The eight sixteen mark. I guess that makes sense because you had to get the fifty for the other team. But with Shepard being at forty four, right. you'd expect you were at forty four. You only scored six points. The final eight sixteen of the game. Yeah, that's tough. Of regulation. Yes. My apologies. Not of the game. You got to close. You got to close. I mean, it and wasn't a great game like right. for it, either it's team It's not a great game either way, but you've seen that this team can't close out games. Yeah. And it's frustrating because it hasn't changed. For years, it hasn't changed. Nothing has changed. When will that change come? Yeah, I mean, you got to figure out a way to you know, get this this team to have more success when they have the talent that they have. And again, like they play in a tough conference. Shepard's not really a basketball school. I get all that. Like it's a football school. That's where most of the money's invested into their D2. You know, you can only really invest into so many programs, but this team should be winning these games at this point. Last year they had the excuse, well, they're young. They're, they're figuring things out as a unit. But most of the team is back. They're still young in some areas, but you have that veteran leadership. You've been in these close games, but for whatever reason, they're not winning them. Anyway, we'll move on. On the other side of this break, we will talk Monday Night Football. Eagles' struggles continue. They blow the game last night, and I'm worried about the Eagles' If I'm just looking at like an overall NFL 
perspective. I don't care about the Eagles personally, but neither do I. <laughs> probably at the bottom of the list. Yeah, you're probably kind of happy that they're losing, but I mean, yeah, it's just kind of crazy to see this collapse from this team based on how they started the year, based on the fact that they were in the Super Bowl last year, and I mean, they ha- they have talent, but I don't know what's really going on there, so interesting stretch for Philadelphia. We'll talk about kind of our thoughts on things and, and where they go from here. This is the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. This segment brought to you by Orsini's Home Store, not just an appliance store anymore. Visit them at 360 Hack Wilson Way or online at orsinis.com. You're tuned into the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740, and TV 10. We're back on the Sports Mix. Nick Verzellini, Colin McLaughlin here on the show. Colin, the Philadelphia Eagles were in control last night against the Seattle Seahawks, it seemed like. But then things fell apart for them as Drew Locke leads the Seahawks to a win over the Eagles 24 I'm sorry 20 to 17 last night and uh I mean this was a 10 nothing 10-3 lead at halftime again like the Eagles give up 10 points in the fourth quarter and and fall last night to Seattle on a great you know touchdown grab by Smith and Jigba but you know, I, I'm just confused what's going on in Philly, man. I mean, this is what, four straight for them? Four straight three losses? Three straight losses. Okay. Yeah, three straight losses to good teams. I mean, there's that excuse if you want to kind of have an excuse. You got to beat good teams in the playoffs. They didn't right. do that last year in the regular season. Right. That was one of the, the things that people criticized was, okay, yeah, their record's great, but their strength of schedule is not that good. Yeah. And, yes, you could throw in that, it was a game that Hurts felt under the weather with as well, but he's kind of been struggling the last three games in these losses for Philly. Only one touchdown pass in the three games. Two interceptions last night as well. 17-31, 143 yards in the loss against Seattle. 18-27, 197 yards against Dallas in that bad loss. And then 26 of 45, 298 yards, which that's good, but 26 of 45 isn't in that bad loss to San Francisco. I think you can still believe in the Eagles to an extent, but they need to start heating back up. For me. Right. You go into the playoffs, you end up winning you know, these final few games, you still feel all right about the Eagles. Like I don't, you know, you wouldn't put them as your favorite in the NFC, but I think you would still probably put them second if they end up turning things around, right? I mean, I'm still probably putting them second because yes, they're on a three-game losing streak right now. But guess what? Earlier this year, San Fran had that three-game losing make that streak too. Point, yeah. So I was gonna say, like the four, like teams go through stretches sometimes, mm-hmm. and it's a long season. It's a long, short season. You know, there, there's only 18 weeks, but you kind of got to look at the season in quarters. And 
this is a bad quarter for them, but can they finish with a good quarter and and play better down the stretch? That's how I would look at it as an Eagles fan. You're pretty much already in the playoffs unless something crazy happens. Um, so, you know, just they just need to clean some things up. Turnovers have been an issue for them. Two picks from Hurts last night. Yes, he was sick, like you said, but I don't know how sick he was. He was playing, so, I mean, if he's out there, right. he's healthy enough to go, He's you're expecting his best, right? He, I mean, that's just how it is. I mean, I still expect them to win out, but that's just because of who they have left. Yeah, I don't think the Giants twice and the Cardinals. Right, but even then, like, it's the NFL. Giants have looked a little bit better. As of late, I don't. I know Devito had the injury. I don't know if he's going to be good to go, but you would still expect. I mean, Philly to stomp them. Um, yeah. But you know, this has been a tough stretch, and it has been kind of a concerning stretch. I think it's more concerning because the 49ers, their stretch, they were losing games, but they were close games. They right. lost These last aren't. night in a close game, but besides that, you know, you had the blowout to Dallas, the blowout to San Fran. Mm-hmm. And those are two other teams that you would compete with probably for the NFC. Those are probably the top three teams in the NFC, even though there's weeks where all of them have had moments where you go, oh, are they that good? Except for the 49ers. And that's why it kind of feels like this year it's a two-team race because it feels like the Ravens have looked the best in the AFC by far. The Niners have looked the best in the NFC by far. But then you remember it's the NFL and anything can happen, just a one-game playoff. So... While things look that way right now, Super Bowls aren't won. Super Bowls aren't won in December. They're won in February. I don't know. So I would still say, like, who knows? The Eagles could turn it around, and in a few weeks we were going to say, "Ah, remember that stretch? Uh, No big deal. Didn't matter." But I don't see it happening. I don't see it happening because of those losses that they had and how bad they were. And the fact that this team is heading in this direction at this point in the season. And like you said, they don't really have any tough games from here on out. So, okay, they roll over those teams. Am I going to be impressed? No. So, I'm not picking them. To no, but it far. might be enough to still win the division. Well, yeah, you win the division, but that doesn't but, even I mean, mean the anything. NFC, you don't get a buy or anything. I'm looking at the NFC. Yes, San Francisco should roll. Yeah. But that second team, I'm still putting Philly. You think you're still putting Philly? Yeah, I don't know if I'm completely sold on Dallas, even though they beat them the second time. They still split regular season. I was with you at the beginning, but now I'm changing my take. <laughs> Do you Change see Detroit beating Tuesday. them? No. Detroit's Tampa? too inconsistent. I'm saying like I feel like Dallas is maybe my two. Dallas? So, that's fair. I mean, they did just blow them out, but they still split the regular season. Yeah, and they just had a bad loss to the Bills. But that's AFC. They don't have to see them probably at all if the Bills don't You know who beat the Bills, though? Philly. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Welcome to the NFL, right? It's all just a paradox. It is. That's what makes it fun. Yeah. You can make the argument that, like, almost any team is the best team in the league if you go down that rabbit hole. Except for the Washington Commanders. We all know they're not the best team. You could probably... Go on one of those websites. Prove to me why Washington is the best team this year. I saw one of, uh, I think it was Carolina, that they're better than the Cowboys because of who beat who. Yeah. But, no. Washington beat the Cardinals, right? 
Yeah. Cardinals beat the Cowboys. Washington's better than the Cowboys. Exactly. No. It's not how it works. Yeah, because the Cowboys beat the Commanders. Mm-hmm. Bad. On yes. Thanksgiving. I don't want to remember that. When the sun goes down. How was your turkey that day? Good. Good. <laughs> uh, just remember the turkey, though. It. Yeah. <laughs> this segment brought to you by Hagerstown Ford, revolutionizing the car buying experience by your next vehicle online. They'll deliver it to you. If you don't like it, they'll take it back. Visit their new website, FordofHagerstown.com. Back for our final segment of the sports mix after this. Talk some college football, bowl games. Maybe give a hot take or two. Don't know when we're getting that done this week, but we'll figure things out. Think of losing you. I spend most every night beneath the light of a neon moon. Now, back to the sports mix on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740, and TV 10. Final segment of the December 19th, 2023 episode of the sports mix nick verzellini colin mclaughlin here on the show colin you're playing the thunderstruck the thundering herd play their bowl game tonight six and six marshall taking on utsa it's gonna be a tough one utsa over the last few years has become one of the better teams in the uh, group of five and uh, it's kind of ironic for Marshall because they're playing in Frisco, which, of course, if you don't know, is the site of the Conference USA men's basketball tournament, women's basketball tournament, and just the Conference USA uh, headquarters. headquarters. Yes. And UTSA, of course, is a Conference USA team. Marshall left Conference USA two years ago now, I believe. So kind of funny that they're still on the same realm in a lot of ways. Um, so Marshall haters, I guess, would make jokes about that. But this team has gone through a weird season, and that's most 6-6 six and six teams, right? But the weirdest thing was at the end of the season, they fired the entire staff besides Huff and maybe a few others. I'm not certain exactly who's still on staff, but I know they fired a good bit of their coaching staff at the very least i presume they kept some people around because how else do you get ready for a bowl game i don't know you can't get ready for a bowl game with just one coach right so crazy scenario there and it just didn't make any sense to me why you would fire them at that point you know do it in the off season but before the bowl game what's really the point of that i I mean i've seen coach head coaches get fired before bowl games at times but but not almost a entire coaching staff. Yeah, yeah that, it's insane. definitely strange going into tonight's game, 9 p.m. kickoff for the Scooters Coffee Frisco Bowl. UTSA, I think, is going to... Yeah, I think they're going to beat Marshall. Road now. run, as they're the road runners through the Thundering Herd. Favored by 10.5. I like that line, unfortunately, for Marshall. Yeah, and Marshall's had some drama. I mean, Cam Fancher's entering the portal... And if you didn't see it, there was kind of some, I don't know if it was Huff said this uh, off record or what it was, but he had said something about how the fan base hates Fancher and that's why he's leaving. And Cam said, you know, he never said anything bad about the fans to coach Huff. 
So that was kind of a bad look for, for Huff. And then he came out and said, yeah, you never said anything like that to me. So, you know, that was kind of an interesting scenario. And then, you know, the coaching staff situation. So it just really feels like Marshall, if you follow Marshall athletics, you follow Marshall football, there's a lot of concern right now about the athletic program since really since, uh, you know, the, the change in the uh, athletic director, Christian Spears and, it is it is concerning. There's been a lot of change over the last few years there, and I'm not certain where they're going in a lot of places. But what I do know is Marshall used to, at the very least, like I know they're not competing with WVU. I hear it all the time. But they were winning job, games in their conference. They were winning at their level, and that's not the case right now. And as an alum, as a fan, it's disappointing. And I want to see Marshall – at least get back to having winning seasons in most of their sports like they're used to. And I don't know what needs to change there, but it seems like things aren't heading in the right direction. That's all I got, Kyle. It's a good take. I agree with you. Not really a hot take, but no, we'll, save we'll have those. hot takes more later this week. Probably Friday. We'll see what yeah. Dylan wants to do. We though. wanted to do Christmas hot takes, so it feels like make more sense to do that friday the last show before christmas for us but that wraps up today's edition of the sports mix again tonight on talk radio wrnr tv 10 high school boys basketball action pregame coverage at seven tip off at 7 30 as st james from hagerstown comes to hedgesville to take on the eagles for nick verzellini i'm colin mclaughlin signing off for today's show